Welcome back, guys. There we are. Here's our first episode of season two, Happy Hour and Some Change. With Ryan Osterreich. The GM of Music Box. That was a super official intro. I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, it was way more professional than I was expecting. Where'd that come from? I think we got good at this over the summer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all that practicing we did all summer long. S'mores up on the islands. Little did we know he was doing a <laughs> podcast course up there. I let my podcasting skills marinate in my head. Yeah. <laughs> we could tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you did on that long walk from the train stop today. Yep. Mm-hmm. But this episode, as you already stated, we sit down with... Ryan Ostrike, who is the GM of the Music Box Theater. So all you Chicagoans, you may know the Music Box for their midnight screenings of movies like The Room. The Rocky Horror Picture, Rocky Horror Show. Picture Show. They do that each of those uh, once a month. Yeah. They have a weekend carved out for those. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways I took from sitting down with him is, man, how much they have going on over there. Mm-hmm. Constantly, just something. New movies well, that... It sounds like they put a lot of work into bringing in the movies that they bring in so it's like yep. you're not going to go there and see a bad movie yeah that that's that's no. a cool thing about the music box if if you've ever been there you know you might know one name two names max but you'll sit down and watch one of those movies that you don't know and always great it's yeah. like it's almost like they hand picked it out yep for you to watch and see a good movie yeah because they know at least one person loves that movie and the other people that don't love it just haven't seen it yet yep and so that's what people are gonna show that's, up and be like fuck it I'm that's why i went and saw movie. i went and saw heredity after uh our podcast with them and i was like well i've never heard of this but hey you know I, i'm gonna give it scared a the shit out of you scared the it? shit out of me <laughs> yeah i mean like most scary movies you know kind of you can see where the scary parts are coming or they just make you jump, you know, but this actually like built and built and built and it was scary. Yeah. Was yeah especially in that creepy ass theater. Oh, I know. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, this is my first time seeing it in the, in the big theater with the, Oh yeah. You know, the old stuff on the walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, you will hear about ghosts. There is a ghost. His name is Whitey. He lives oh, at the dang, music box. Yeah. He lives at the music box theater and he is well, going be- to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Find no, out. I think not, he's yeah. actually just a drunk, out drunk old the, ghost find that kind of hangs out. Find out in the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll tell you at 55 minutes in. <laughs> so make One sure of the, you the cool the things thing. they have there is they have a movie is shot in 70 millimeter. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big big draw over there. So are they the only ones in Chicago now? Or is that the IMAX on uh, Navy Pier, I believe. Okay. Not the Gene Siskel movie film? You know, I could be just bullshitting. I don't know. Actually. Well, listen I to us. We are experts. They are the only ones yeah. in North America that have 70 millimeter film. That's it. <laughs> so no, I thought I was going to go see Lawrence of Arabia at 70 millimeter because it's like supposedly one of the top five movies out of like the 100 top yeah, movies should, of the world. It's one of those yeah. that's on every list. Well, I was walking to go see it and we decided, oh, we're going to check and see how long it is. Yeah, it's three hours and 45 minutes long. What a long movie. <laughs> so, didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to watch two hours of a movie, let yeah. alone. Yeah, well, I wonder if there's like an intermission. I think there is, yeah. yeah like, if you go see Gone, be bad then. If you go see Gone with the Wind, there's an intermission. And really? Like, yeah, they'll, Wait, Gone with the Wind isn't that long, is it? Long as fuck. It's well over three hours. Really? We you, did. You watched it in school, right? Gone with the Wind. No, I, I watched it. My, it was my mom's like favorite movie. Oh, uh, we, we, so we had, had to watch it in watch school it and they broke it up over days. Yeah, it's long as fuck. Good flick though. Yeah. yeah. Titanic's over three hours, uh, isn't it? No. no way. It's damn it close. To, it used to be two VHSs. Yeah. Really? 
I'm out of loop on all these. That's because your parents didn't let you watch. <laughs> I watched Gone with the Wind multiple times. I just said that. I had to. Well, it's a little different from Titanic. Yeah, there's boobs in Titanic. Yeah. Uh, what was your three hours? What, if you if you have anything to say to Ryan, if he's listening, uh, did you sign up for the newsletter? Yes, I actually I did <laughs> sign up for the newsletter. It took me a couple wow. weeks because I I sat down to do it a couple times. I couldn't figure it out. Couple but finally, weeks it took him to sign up I for finally, the newsletter. <laughs> I did finally figure it out and. Uh, I'm actually, I bet might it's so be easy. I'll tell you what, Ryan. That <laughs> no, it's is not. No, that is I'm, no knock on you. This man is a little slow. <laughs> well. If you didn't catch that already. Maybe I just didn't figure it out. I don't know. Yeah, but, we know. <laughs> you just plug in your email address, don't you? Yeah. But where? I had, I had, <laughs> I had So that's a yes. I had a hard time figuring out where to plug it in at. <laughs> um, well, now I need to sign up for this fucker just to tell you how yeah. fast oh, I yeah. do it. Okay. So, do it. yeah, for our next episode, we'll make sure that me and Drew sign up as well. And uh, we'll report back on how easy it was. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Actually, I might just pull up my phone and have it done by the end of this fucking yeah. thing. Okay, let's do it right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Well, let's wrap this up and we'll get to it. Uh, I think you guys will really enjoy this. If you love movies, if you are a Chicagoan. Uh, and you want to hear about a new theater that you can go check out some really good movies at right. for a cheaper price. And too, if you want to ever see Sally a- Fields in person. He'll tell you when and where. Yes, yeah. and uh, they're just about to start for October. They do scary movies constantly at that place. Yeah. That, uh, can't remember what it's called, like Fright Fest or something like that, but it'll be a good time. You'll see Hocus Pocus probably. You'll see the Rocky Horror Picture Show ten times. and I'll see Hocus Pocus a couple. Yeah. That's, that's a good flick. Again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody enjoy this episode with Ryan Ostrike, and we will see you next week. I'm Cheers. Sure. as well yes yeah, very nice to it's meet nice you nice to be on a professionally looking podcast that's Martin right is not <laughs> Lakes, <laughs> Lakes, <laughs> that. i don't think we've ever we, been called we, that yeah well i mean you should see my setup it's it's not it's like a. I don't even know what the hell the device is somebody gave it to me it's like, like a task cam recorder yeah, like a little and like i plug in some xlrs and a little splitter and Give people a mics and I say talk loud. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And uh, we give it to uh, somebody who uh, edits it and uploads it and takes. Well, it's care got a good sound to it. Like we've, yeah, we've yeah. listened in. It, yeah, it's I would have never like, known. Absolutely not. It sounded like you're in a studio. It's very low, lo-fi. <laughs> well, that's that's a good way to just introduce you, I guess. So Ryan Ostrike, is that how you say your last name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you're the GM for Music Box the theater. theater. Yeah, but I also work for the distribution company, as I was just letting you know. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And the uh, podcast you're referring to is you I'm re- guys. Yeah, I mean, the podcast is mostly about the theater, so I tell people my job title at the theater, but I also work for the distribution company as well, so... And what what is the distribution company? I guess I didn't even know that was. Um, so yeah, you the, well, there can't be a distribution company without the theater, right? Music Box Theater, Music Box Films, uh, but the distribution company is um, it is a uh, it's a basically um, it's a small company like a boutique distribution company. You know, releases like ten to twelve movies a year, and uh, it buys uh, foreign language mostly, some American independence documentaries, um, genre films, and releases them in North America, so U.S. and Canadian theaters, as well as home entertainment, where you would find films on either Netflix or rent it off iTunes, or maybe get it from a Red Box, or even buy a physical DVD or Blu-ray if you still do that. Um, no so shit. yeah, they do that and they've been around for 10 years. Uh, and it literally started outside of the, well, started inside of the theater. 
right, in like our upstairs offices. Um, and then it grew to become its own thing because it's had a lot of successes. Do you, do you guys put your own movies up at the music box then? <laughs> Sorry, you'll understand why I laughed at that. Um, so, okay, so some of the movies we buy are a little small, even for the theater. So sometimes movies that uh, get released in Chicago for, for on behalf of Music Box Films play smaller venues like the Gene Siskel Center oh, uh, gotcha. and don't open at the theater because uh, they won't make us enough money. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Not even for like a one night, just... Well, like we always try to get a real theatrical because there's value in theatrical and the whole like... Releasing it, uh, getting press reviews, yeah. getting write-ups, and all that kind of stuff. When well, you guys yeah. are a big name, theatrical is always kind of like a loss leader in terms of our our business because you make a lot of it the money on the home entertainment side. Okay, so uh, what is the any movies that any of us plebeians would have heard of? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, have you heard of the movie The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Oh, yeah. I have heard. Okay, of that. did you know that? Did you know there was there, it was a remake of yes. the Swedish? Okay, so we back in two thousand and nine uh, got a deal with a Swedish uh, producer who had made the original Girl, but also had these two other films uh, that were made for TV. So they actually had the whole trilogy for sale, and we decided to buy all three and release all three in the United States, to which made us a lot of money. I can't. Oh, those I those can are imagine. on Netflix, correct? Yes, they are. The, the Swedish ones are. Yes, yeah. they haven't made well, no, the other two. They were on Netflix. I don't know if they're still on Netflix anymore. It was, Netflix. It's been a while since I saw them. It on comes it. after goes. the movie came out here, like yeah. the remake. I saw. I found those yeah. on Netflix. So we bought. All, yeah, we bought all three. We released all three in theaters. They all did very well, mm-hmm. and then we uh, released them on Netflix and other home devices or home entertainment options. And uh, so that's what kind of put us on the map. That th- those films, and then since then, um, do you guys follow the Oscars? Yeah. Do yeah. okay. Well, if you follow the lesser categories, as some people call them, <laughs> the boring ones, as the Oscars want to eliminate them, but, uh-huh. uh, we won an Oscar for a Polish film called Ida. So, but it won the 2012 Oscar Best Foreign Language Film, oh, wow. really? uh, and that we released that in the United States. So we have an Oscar. There's a ghost at the music box. That's I've heard of Whitey the Ghost, and I can't remember where I heard Whitey it. the Ghost. I've so here's what I know about. Whitey. Um, <laughs> what the hell, John Cusack? Okay. Um, you don't hear that too often. <laughs> yeah, well, let's well, put a pause on the ghost. John Cusack is at the music box? No, is that what yeah, I hear? He's there today. He's seen a movie. He just ch- jumped, dr- dropped in. Sometimes that happens, you know, when there people are here in Chicago, whether they live here or filming. Uh, you know, like, you know, Amy Schumer came by one Christmas season, you know, because she was dating a guy who lived in Chicago. And John Mulaney is a friend of hers, and he's a big music box theater guy. He's been to the theater many times because he grew up and went to goes to our Christmas shows. So he dragged Amy Schumer to one of our Christmas shows that we always do with White Christmas or It's a Wonderful Life. And, yeah. you know, we're just in the lobby, and we're, you know, we're, we're, people are ushering out. We're saying, thanks for coming. You know, you know, have a good night. Please keep moving. Keep, keep moving. You know, it's like 700 people. And then, oh, there's Amy Schumer. Okay. Oh, yeah, right, that's a cool. shout out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I guess John Cusack came by for a movie, and then I don't know where he went up to one of our our, our, our concessionaires, a uh, guy named Alvin, and uh, just asked, "Hey, when's Music Box of Horrors this year?" Because that's our horror marathon. And Alvin told me he's like, "Cool, I'm gonna think I'm gonna come." Okay, yeah, deal. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I'm Alvin, I'm see just you there. Like, cool. Yeah, wait. <laughs> So later, maybe John. maybe John will be at the Music Box of Horror this year. I don't know. You just you can't. You well, we're can't. gonna we're it's gonna the, put it it's out the there. It's the Music Box Theater. You can't. 
you can't predict things sometimes, you know, like this ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back to the ghost. Now. Sure. Let's talk about the ghost. Uh, here's what I know about Whitey. All right. The story goes that uh, at some point uh, in the 30s, Whitey was hired as a, uh, a manager, basically, kind of like me. Right. One of the head, head <laughs> managers. I don't know if he got the the term GM. And he was one of those guys who worked all the time. He lived in the neighborhood, probably a couple blocks from the theater, worked a lot, and people got to know Whitey. So over the years, as Whitey had been with the theater, he was just kind of got associated with it. And I don't remember what his real name is. Sorry. Whitey. Whitey's family. Uh, now he's really but he became known as Whitey. And he was, he, was, he was enjoyed by, you know, the neighborhood and everybody knew him. And I guess the story goes that one, uh, one day in, in, in November, um, he was older. It was like the early 70s, maybe the late 60s. Uh, he locked up and sat down on the couch uh, at the theater. Uh, supposedly, it's the couch that's in the lounge between the bookcases. Same couch? Supposedly, that's what I heard. It's been reupholstered. I've also been told. Okay, uh, so it doesn't have whatever Dead would be on there. Whitey. Yeah, yeah, Whitey. On it. Uh, and he supposedly slumped over and died uh, there, just at the music box after closed up, and was discovered by who knows a person employee the next day. And so, what I've heard since that has happened is that there have been whitey sightings or whitey feelings. And he's not like a malicious or malevolent ghost of any sort. He just sort of, I guess, makes his appearance known or you feel him. He doesn't yeah, you know, fuck around, around, like move shit or nope. anything like that. No, nope. uh, no. poltergeist trying to catch a yeah, movie. No, he's just kind of like I guess he's just like sort of somebody like watches over us, but we don't know if he does anything good. But he doesn't seem to do. <laughs> he's just bad. There. That's you know, um, <laughs> it's better than the alternative. Bad well. shit has happened. Uh, you know, we're like, okay, well, if Whitey was our our guardian angel, where the hell was Whitey? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have not had an experience with Whitey. I've been there three years, been running the. Theater. Theater, and I didn't have any experience with Music Box before because I didn't live here. I uh, came here for the job. and uh, But the, I, do have a, I do have one of my managers who's been there for 20-some years. Her name's Ernie. It's short for Ernestina. She's got a lot of stories of times she's felt or seen Whitey. And we have a Music Box podcast. And so I had a, a projectionist on who had been with the theater for 10 years. Um, and she straight up was like in the booth one day, turned and was like, there's a person in this booth right now. Okay. <laughs> and like, she like changed the reel on a film and then just ran out of the booth. Cause she was like, fuck that shit. I really not being I'm around not a ghost, to hang out with Whitey. but she was positive. It was Whitey. So, so there are these stories about Whitey. I have not had any of these experiences. There's nothing proven on a tape or you know, anything. So you can believe the story that Whitey haunts the music box theater or you cannot. Um, but there are people that will argue for or against it. Uh, and some, I think the people that argue for it, argue for it pretty hard um, because, you know, they feel like they've had these experiences and I'm not. So I'm not a big ghost believer in general. Like I love ghost movies and I find them fun. I love horror, but uh, yeah, it's going to take a lot for me to a believe in Whitey slash B believe in ghosts in general. Well, and you've been yeah, there three years, and you haven't had any... Yeah, and I've been there at all times. You know, I've been there yeah. since till 3, 4, 5, 6 in the morning working. I've been there being the only person, which being in a movie theater by yourself is creepy. Yeah, uh, I bet, yeah. But it's creepy on its own. You know, you don't need the idea of a ghost. Yeah. Just being in a creepy. huge 
right, cavernous yeah. building late like at night all by yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The lights are off. There are no sounds, but maybe you hear sounds. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's your mind playing well, it's tricks It's old as fuck, you. too, so it's going to creak. And, and you're not going to hear like the same that, sounds so. ever at night by yourself as you would normally just during the day. No, because so. something else is going well, on. Well, actually, I've, I've heard sounds during the day that I'm like, well, what was that? But then again, <laughs> it's an old theater, so yeah. I don't think about it like that. Um, but yeah, so, so Whitey. You don't believe them or not? Maybe I believe. Have your own yeah, I'm, I'm about, I don't believe I'm out. All right, <laughs> we, we got half the people here. That I think are I off think the Whitey train. I mean, I'm firm. Maybe on. maybe get a Ouija board, do it on the couch, see what he says. Well, to I you. think yeah. if you believe it or not, the move is to make merchandise and act like you believe it. <laughs> we can sell wigs. I assume he's called Whitey because his hair was white. Oh, Good question. Why is his name Whitey? Well, we can just I thought make a fake ghost. drawing. Yeah. I guess that he was so named that was, before. So he was named that before. Oh, okay. yeah, so yeah. we should make wigs. Well, now, 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 we're, now Whitey, your Whitey wigs <laughs> look like Whitey um, while you watch the movie. If you want to spend the money on that merch that may or may not sell, go right ahead. I'll give you a little table in the corner of the lounge. Uh, you can see what money you can make. I'll take a cut. All right. You might turn into Fair a enough. bad ghost at that point. Though. Fair enough. <laughs> well, okay, so you, you might have to weave, weave some wild stories to really sell it. Well, you touched on how you moved here for the job. Correct. How, how did that come about? Oh, um, so I was in Denver at the time. I was running a, um, a three screen art house cinema there, part of a nonprofit. Um, uh, it's called the Denver Film Society, and I was running the C Film Center. Um, pretty cool place. Uh, cool nonprofit. Been there for like 40 years. Um, and uh, I had kind of had my, my issues with the executive director at that time and didn't really see eye to eye. And just kind of felt like uh, I needed a change um, and uh, also was not really feeling Denver. Uh, the, the four right. years I spent in Denver, it was a, f- a year, those four years, and I think currently still are, were years of a massive change of growth of population. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like the city's growing pains were, they sucked. Uh, I didn't like the way the city was growing and dealing with it. And I didn't like the change of the culture of it either. Um, didn't really feel like Denver ever had a personality because it was so many transients. It took me like a month after I moved there to actually meet in somebody who was from Denver. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so uh, I wanted to get back to the Midwest. I'm a Midwesterner. I'm from Minnesota. My wife's from Chicagoland, um, to differentiate the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, now that I'm from here, I, I really need, we, people need to do that. Fucking hate it. Um, Elgin is not the same thing. As Elgin, Elgin, yeah, no, Addison uh, and Ashland. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so no, neither is Northbrook or any other of that bullshit. Uh, literally I just had a conversation with somebody the other day. They were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Chicago. And I was just like, oh cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm like on the North side on the 5600 North block. And they're like, I'm in Northbrook. I'm like, that's nope. not Chicago. You are here. <laughs> I'll see you when you're here. <laughs> you're in Chicago land. Uh, but we digress. Um, so I really wanted to get back to Minneapolis or Chicago. Uh, and my wife was cool with that too. So we started applying for, I started applying for jobs. And uh, and then out of nowhere, uh, the guy who ran the music box was leaving the music box. He was moving to LA to take a job with Sony. Oh. And um, was like, dude, you should take my job. <laughs> it's just like, you just, like have, you just knew each other through. We just knew each other through the business. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I was just like, yeah, maybe this is kind of, it's kind of a lateral move for me. And I don't know. And he's just like, yeah, but do you know about this distribution company? I was like, no, I don't. Um, so he told me about this other side of the company, the distribution. I mean, also the music box is renowned. I don't know if people outside of Chicago realize that it's so well respected and renowned in the country. Cause it very much is like uh, pretty, 
yeah, people pay attention to what the Music Box does in, in, outside You guys kind of set the tone of... I wouldn't say we're like a, a tone setter, but we've raised the bar sometimes, and we've also... I think people just pay attention to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have seen some of our programming be uh, replicated yeah, <laughs> copied sure, yeah. in other theaters and, and other places. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I'm just saying I think people respect us. We're, we're definitely one of those... Um, theaters that people look at and think, oh, wow, I like what they're doing. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I applied for the job. Uh, they flew me out. I had an interview with fucking everybody, uh, including the owner and everything worked out. And so they offered me the position and I was out here after that. Um, and so I've been a Chicago win, uh, for the last three years. And I, I mean, I love the city. And like when I lived in Minnesota, I love Minneapolis, but like when you wanted to get to a bigger city, mm-hmm. to Chicago, yeah. because yep. it is a bigger city and there's a shit ton going on and lots of fun to do. So it's been great. Yeah. I really like the, really like it here. So what, what, what do you say your job really consists of as a GM? Like what, what's your role? Cause to me, I like. As someone who knows nothing about this, I, I just would think, oh, yeah. yeah, you just run the show. But what yeah. does that really mean? I have no idea. I run a staff that runs the show. And I also then I'll get in the weeds depending on whatever the thing is, right? So uh, when I mean I, I run a staff that runs the show, I have a, just want to give a shout out. I have an amazing staff um, from top to bottom. You know, I have people uh, who run the social media who, you know, write the email newsletters. I have people who run our membership campaign. I have people who, I have a publicist who writes all of our press releases and deals with our press. I have a a technical director who basically runs all of the projection and print traffic and, you know, seeing that we get the prints and that kind of stuff. I have um, a bar manager who runs our beverage program. I have a concessions manager who oversees all of that stuff. I have just regular house managers who just run shifts. And then I have concessionaires and box officers and all of those sort of things and projectionists. My job is to oversee see them and ensure that they have everything they need to do to be successful and to be able to run this venue and this business like I want it to be run. So I give them direction. I give them guidance, like supervision. Um, And then sometimes I get in the weeds with them. So Don Coscarelli is going to come out and he's, we're going to show Bubba Hotep and he's, he's got a new book that he's going to do. And who's that? Uh, Don Coscarelli did, um, uh, did anybody, did you ever see Phantasm? No, or any of those movies. One, uh-uh. Okay, well, he's very well known for those movies. He also did John Dies at the End. Did you see that? I do know. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that one. So yeah. he's he's true indie. Like he's one of those guys who like made a living off of being an indie filmmaker. Like true, true indie. You know, like low budget stuff. Yeah. Um, and so he wrote a book about being an independent filmmaker and what that was really like. Um, and so he's going to be there. And we're going to have a conversation. So we got him. Um, and then two nights later, we got the guy who wrote this new book uh, called. Um, this film, this book really ties the films together. Uh, it's about the Coen brothers. Oh, nice. So we're going to show Big Lebowski 20th anniversary with this author who wrote this new book. That's going to be really cool. And then that weekend. When, when's this going on? That's going to be August, October 17th. Oh, nice. And Cascarella is going to be October 8th. But then the weekend between that is Music Box of Horrors, which is going to be sweet because we're going to have... Um, Don Mancini, who created Child's Play. It's the 30th anniversary of the original Child's Play, so he'll be there. And then we're also going to have Kevin J. O'Connor. Um, you might know him from, from the, Mu- the Ringer. Uh, was he in The Ringer? I don't remember. No. Do you remember The Mummy? 
Like, yeah, do you yeah. remember this, like the brother and the mummy? Oh, not, yeah. Not yeah. Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah. So that's oh, Kevin J. O'Connor. Oh, that's funny. Another amazing dude, very humble, lives in Chicago. Uh, he's coming out for Lord of Illusions, uh, the, the really scary, well done Clive Barker movie. So I've got those two guests for the, for, for, Music Box of Horrors. I think that's going to be pretty amazing. And then we later on in the month, we have Sally Field coming out for a book event. Um, and then... Uh, so generally, how do the book events work? So we have relationships with a couple of different independent bookstores. And um, when they need a venue of more than 500 seats, we're kind of, we be kind of become their preferred venue. Really? And so we work with them on certain... Guests and oh, so it's actually in the through. theater. They, they're doing like the they book do they do a the, book reading okay. and and then they do a Q and A, and then afterwards they will will set them up in the lounge and they'll do a signing with 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 the guests. They read yeah. the whole they, book? No, it no, is a piece of excerpts. Like Sally, Sally Fields can sit there and read all. I love you, Sally, but I ain't doing that. I think I would rather do that. Yeah, if I could pay to go watch yeah, Sally well, Fields read a book, it's better than reading it, I suppose. I, I, I would. I, I would probably pay it. to. Listen to that. All right, for uh, yeah, nine hours. <laughs> well, Nick kind of had more of a show to it. He wasn't just was reading that his without his a paddle book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't book just, is just reading without it. Without oh, a paddle. Okay. Drew has. I read it. Yeah. 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 It's um, good. So yeah. Um, but yeah, we got we got those things coming up, and then a bunch of things in between. I mean, you know, beyond guests, we have just really fun programming. I mean, we're going to show Hocus Pocus with a hex along. You know, I mean, that's just silly but fun. Yeah, that'd be funny. So. Yeah, we got. I mean, we're always busy, and then get so you guys have a newsletter, on. right? We do. Yeah, musicboxtheater.com. You can just up sign up for our newsletter. I didn't know like about all. I didn't realize that. Yeah, the, that's the thing is we do know. so much that the only way to really pay attention is if you like are on our newsletter because okay. then every week you're going to get an, an, an email that's going to have things coming up or things in the future that we're just putting on sale, um, and then you can pay. You can just kind of follow everything. I mean, we just do so so much um that uh and and the idea of doing so much is not we're not trying to do one thing over and over again you know we're trying to service as many communities and, and niches of the film you know film goers right like we do anime and we do documentaries and we do social issue things and we do foreign language films and independence and we do horror you know and we kind of do we got we do the classics right and and there are people who are cinephiles and they want to see everything and then there are people who just like certain things that we do and they've made it either a tradition or they just that's like the type of cinema that they like and they know us for it would right you, would you say that's why music box is so like well known and so like like what sets it apart from other kind of like smaller you know theater theaters like because you know that you know how you have the big theaters downtown that are showing all like the blockbusters yeah and stuff. all the avengers and, and then <clears throat> you have the smaller theaters that are showing more indie films and yeah stuff. but I, it I sounds like you guys kind of like bridge the gap there. Yeah. I think we do bridge the gap very well, though sometimes we dabble in the true arty art art, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and I love that stuff. Um, and sometimes we get into it, but yeah, we're 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 kind of we're kind of everywhere and in, everywhere and everywhere and anywhere in between, mm -hmm. right? You know, because we'll, we'll we'll show the film that made a ton of money back in 1962 that was a blockbuster back in its day, mm -hmm. um, and then we'll bring it back. But then we'll also show something that's you know nominated for foreign language, you know, Oscar, right? So it's going to be a little bit smaller but we really love the film did so, you guys yeah. get to show the one that you guys won the oscar for ida yeah yeah, yeah. so the, the ida which won the foreign language oscar mm -hmm. that music box films released so uh, you guys do a lot of tarantinos right uh so okay we don't 
<laughs> it's kind of a mixed bag there. Um, we haven't. We've shown. We have. In his theatrical releases, we've shown a couple of Tarantino okay. films. So, like, the most recent was Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight, definitely. Right, which we I think showed I saw on, that there. on its theatrical release. Okay. But then we've also done his retrospectives, and we've showed his classic films af- mm. after the fact. Okay. Right? okay. Well beyond their theatrical release. Yeah, nice. I mean, years and decades afterwards. Alongside AMC. Um, but, like, Hateful Eight, you know, we were showing that with AMC, but we were showing it on a special format. You know, we showed it on 70 millimeter, and we had a special screen, and, and and, you know, we really actually, I think the thing that truly sets us apart from most theaters, and I'm not saying that other theaters in Chicago don't show celluloid. And by celluloid, what I mean is the format that was originally used for the first hundred years mm-hmm. of Hollywood's existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, you know, an actual physical material, right? And most of it was always on 35 millimeter. Um, and so we kept our projectors around when in 2012, there was this digital revolution that basically changed out projectors in 98% of the theaters across the country. They went from this, this old analog, uh, uh, machine and, and way of showing films to a digital projection, uh, or DCP technology. And so we kept ours around and we kept showing old prints. So when Tarantino was like, I'm going to release this on 70, I mean, of course, it'll have a DCP release, um, but I'm going to release it on 70 on a print. I need you to find theaters that can do that. We were like, well, yeah, we still <laughs> yeah. Show, we show, we show 70. We can show 70. Not, I mean, not all 35 millimeter theaters, capable theaters can show 70 millimeter. You have to have the ability to change out your equipment mm-hmm. um, so that you can show the wider the wider film stock. Um, but we've we, we've had that since I want to say 2003. We've had oh. that. And as a viewer, what would you say? Like you, I know I went and saw a 70 millimeter in there, and you can just tell the difference on every level. Like it is it's a cool thing to see. It's a it's a much more immersive experience and not immersive in the sense of like three D oh shit, it's popping at my face. Yeah. Yeah. It's immersive in the sense that it's bigger it's a bigger film stock, right? So it's a larger image and there's and it's a it's a wider stock so that there's more light being shown through it, right? So if you could imagine showing something with brighter light and more color saturation and through a bigger film stock, which basically means you're gonna get a richer, bigger picture. So when you think about a digital image, um, you can only zoom in so far before, you know, it just doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, but with like film stock, you can really zoom in um, because it's 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 real. It's real. Uh, it's a real photograph. Um, and so so basically the, the picture in itself is just going to look richer, bigger and brighter. And you cannot compete with digital. Digital is not there yet. I want to say yet, because so, I'm not trying to be snooty or some shit uh-huh. here. Right. Yeah. Technology will ke- will catch up, but it is definitely, it is not there yet. And you can fight me on that. I don't care. <laughs> no, uh, I've um, seen some, and I've noticed it's like, wow, like, I, you don't, half the movies that I see, well, almost all the movies I see now are digital. Yeah. And you almost yes. forget what it's like to see those other ones. So are there only you come, Until see. you come, and then you really notice it, yeah. and you're like, oh, shit, this is. And then the second part is the sound. Um, so on celluloid, um, on a 35 millimeter, you have, um, like a millimeter or two of the soundtrack, right? Where there's an optical reader that's reading the soundtrack that's on, that's imprinted on there. And then it sends it out to your, um, to your speaker system, your surround sound speaker system. Um, so on 70 millimeter, five millimeters of that are the readouts of the soundtrack. So, I mean, it can get granular, 
the degree of which the sound can come through. And if you have a really good sound system, which we completely upgraded ours to 7.1 Dolby surround uh, when we got Hateful Eight and added a bunch of new surround sound speakers, it really, really sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and it can and, and you can play it really loudly without losing anything, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. you could just turn things up to the point where it doesn't sound good, mm-hmm. right? Well, you, we can turn this up pretty loud and you can still truly experience the sound. So to me, I think it's a bigger, better uh, uh, presentation yeah. that you get seeing something on 70. Plus, we put that screen up and that screen is formatted for 70, right? So when I say formatted... One of the things that is little, and God, it's going to make you sound pretentious, <laughs> but I, I hate it. And there are some bad actors in Chicago about this. Um, but when you see a movie, there is this thing called masking, which is like the black fabric or curtain, mm-hmm. right, that you will see on the sides and the up and down. Okay. And the reason that is there is because you have a screen that has more space depending on the format you're showing it, whether it's it's more of letterbox like 185 or like scope, like, you know, like kind of wide. And when you have the difference of aspect ratio, you move that masking in a way so that you completely mask the image, right? So that you never see screen or white space that's not supposed to be seen, right? You only see the picture because the black cloth would absorb any extra light, right? So that it's like perfectly masked so that, you know, that's how you experience it. Uh, So when we have our 70 millimeter screen, we have this screen that's specifically for that, um, that's for that aspect ratio. It's wider, right? And so we can mask things. We actually sometimes don't have to mask things at all because we the screen is perfectly sized for these projection for, for these presentations and so you don't need any masking whatsoever um but um one thing i hate about some other theaters especially in chicago is that they spent no money or they stopped using their masking and so what i'm seeing is just unfilled screen space that the light can kind of bleed onto uh especially if you know it, the aperture plays in cut right or um if you know the, the projector isn't you know doing something that it should be doing and and thus i'm like okay well you it's just like the small thing you could have done to make sure your presentation was perfect and they're just mm-hmm. cutting cutting corners well it um, sounds like you got you hit the jackpot as far as like now you get to run this theater that's you know one of the cooler theaters around and then also work on the distributing side which is yeah no i i like i like my current role now what i'm doing yeah i mean the, the- music box i mean the music box is a special place. Yeah. You know, I had this crazy anxiety when I started my job. I was like, what am I going to bring to the music box? <laughs> you know, like, what can I add to its 80 plus year existence? Like, how am I going to do anything? And I said to my, and then af- I, I like, after I kind of like figured it out and sort of understood what the music box does and what it means to people, I was like, I don't need to do anything to put my mark on it. I just need to keep it up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I just need to concern myself about doing the quality and the great programming and maintaining this old building. And by the way, maintaining an old building is a lot of money and a lot of work. Yeah, that's yeah. probably um, it. But, from, but, but I don't need to put force myself onto this place or make, make it imprint in any way. No, that's stupid. Um, I just have to keep it going. And so, you know, I, once I figured that out, I got the job became less stressful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the music box is a pretty amazing place to be. Uh, how much of a role do you play then in 
just the curation, like what's coming in. I know you said you do the midnight showings. Midnights, matinees, one-offs, that kind of event. So I would say I play a pretty heavy-handed role in the curation, but like the theatrical movies, I play very little. Yeah. We have a theatrical booker who's been with us since 1995. Um, and he's he, he used to book everything, and now he pretty much just books, like, the theatrical films and some other things. But, um, you know, if, if you're like, oh, I saw Three Identical Strangers there recently, or I saw Scotty, or I saw, um, you know, The King, or uh, American Animals, that would be Brian. He books those. I, I do kind of have a hand in some of those every now and then. Like, we just booked Suspiria, um, the, the new Luca Guadagnino film, and... Uh, and like that one was something I was pushing him to book. Um, but otherwise that's mostly him. But then when you look at the midnights, matinees, the one-offs, the guests and attendance that, that I have a hand in most of that. So do you get, you guys get screeners or is it movies that you go see sometimes and be like, Oh shit, we need to put that movie up or both. Both. Yeah. Okay. Like we go to Sundance ever word of mouth and be like, Oh, I haven't seen this before, but my buddy across the country said, we try to never book things cold. Yeah. Um, but sometimes we have to like hateful eight. We couldn't, Sure. With, with seeing it and when we did Phantom Thread we had a book at Cold and Dunkirk we had a book Cold but majority of the films you see on our screens somebody has seen you or that yeah. other guy Some, or, or, or somebody out. else like uh, like we have an amazing staff so that we have a matinee series going on right now called Staff Picks where they choose uh-huh. the matinees and those are probably the best ones to go see because they I are would, I would trust their opinion and the other there. thing is I told the staff I was like hey I, this is not to, a deterrent in any way but if you book this movie I want you to say why. And if you are available, I want you to I I will give you a microphone and I will let you go up on stage and I will let you tell the audience why you did it. Uh, right? That's pretty cool. and, and the staff has really gotten into it. Oh, I and bet it, they love it. And that. they booked some amazing films. I'm always shocked. I'm like, really? Okay, we'll book that. Out of, out of all these movies that you've had in recently, what would you say has been either the best or just your favorite? For one reason or another. Recently, in like what sense? Like, like last month. Well, there's not a lot of change over. Well, there is. Is there? It, yeah, within a month, yeah, yeah. yeah, even in a month. I mean, we we play like 300 films a year. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that's why it's hard to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the last month, I mean, I think it was uh, Devil in a Blue Dress with Carl Franklin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was just because you see the movie and then you get that conversation with the filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. That's kind. Of, it makes everything so much more special. You know. I mean, it's like even the movie. If even if the movie was bad, if the filmmaker's there, you like it a little bit more. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. It's an event as opposed to seeing a movie's great, but well, and, turning it into a thing is still a thing. You know? Yeah, and that's and that's the other thing I think the music box is really known for is that we try to make movies an event. Yeah, you know, whether it's like a sing along or our Christmas shows or some kind of interactive element the, or the Christmas shows I try to go to, but every time I go to. Go to one, I look online, and they're all booked up. So is that a yeah, common thing? Popular, like they, yeah. yeah, it's become, oh, my God. I don't understand it exactly how it's become such a thing. It's not that I don't understand that Everybody's it's majestic home. and it's beautiful yeah. and people love it. But we started that program 35 years ago on Christmas Eve because we didn't know, because the current operators at the time didn't know what to put book. So they're like, oh, let's just do a double feature. We'll have an organist, and we'll sing songs with everybody. And people came out, and they loved it. And so they had to do it again. And it sold out that time. And so they, they, they added a day, right? So they did two double features over two nights. And it did really well. And then they added Santa. And then they added Carolers. And so they added more and more shows. So, I mean, 35 years ago, one double feature. Okay, so one day, two shows. Mm-hmm. This year, there will be 32 shows. 
Okay, and probably more than twenty thousand people that will come through. Wow! Wow! It's become Holy that shit. big of a thing. <laughs> How many yeah. uh, Rocky Horror Picture shows do you do? Too many. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, Rocky's great. I love the Shadow Cast. Shout out to Midnight Madness. Uh, a lot of fun folks. Um, but we do one screening a month of Rocky Horror, mm-hmm. and during Halloween, always at midnight. Uh, always at midnight, usually on the third Saturday. Okay. Um, but then during Halloween, we do four shows mm-hmm. because it is huge. We do two the weekend before Halloween, then the day before Halloween, and then the night of Halloween. And most of those shows sell out. Yeah. Um, so, like, we're averaging, you know, 200, 250 people per show month out, month in and month out. But then Halloween comes, and it's just oh, that is crazy. pandemonium. I mean, people love doing Rocky Horror on Halloween. Did Tim Curry or Susan Sarandon ever come or anything like that? Uh, Susan, uh, Tim Curry, no. Susan Sarandon did come, did come, but she came for Bad Moms too. <laughs> <laughs> Not Rocky Horror, and she brought her dog, which he was a very nice dog. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Random. Yeah. Do you, when you guys do the room, is that a, a monthly thing as well? I yes. feel like I see so, that a lot. So that's what we do. We've uh, so we do midnights. That's one of our things. We always do midnights, and we're one of those theaters that still continues doing midnights. A lot of theaters in, across the country have kind of let it go or moved it up to like 10 p.m. because midnight's too late. Um, but one weekend in the month of our midnights is The Room on Friday and Rocky on Saturday. Oh, nice. And so that we keep that constant. And The Room averages about 200, 250 people a show, and then it's always funny because like right around like September when – colleges are back in session we'll get a big room crowd because it's like all the students want to see what the hell this movie's about yeah. right? and i feel bad for them because the if that's the first time they see the room that crowd is so loud and so aggressive uh throwing of the spoons that it's really like i feel like you don't get the experience of the room mm. the first time i feel like the best way to watch the room and quiet is <laughs> like with like a small group Right, like yeah, that's three, how we four people, like in the comfort of somebody's home or like wherever, and you're just all laughing at it and just saying, <laughs> "What the fuck is this?" Uh, and then you go do the room at the music box, yeah, and make okay. me clean up the spoons. So after. when when they do the spoons, that's because <laughs> or pick up your own spoons. How about that? Oh, we'll, we'll, I, that will never happen. <laughs> yeah. It would be amazing. Are they metal spoons? Do. No, they're they're plastic spoons. But okay. they do that. Like because if you go they... down the street to like the, I think it's a CVS, they'll uh, be sold, oh, sold out of out. spoons. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's because there's a framed picture of a spoon? There's Is that mo- right? Yeah, and, and there's a couple, I think, framed pictures <laughs> of the spoon. No, I think there's one or two framed pictures of the spoon, but they're in places that they come out in the movie a bunch because the, the, those, those in the scenes That's a mantelpiece that's yes. right behind them. Yeah. yeah, and so then whew, there goes the spoon right at the back of your head or at the screen. Uh, and again, some people are it seems so like a aggressive. Bit much to me. But some people are so aggressive at it. They like love hate the movie, and so like they're just whipping the spoons. I know, but what did the person in front of them do about it? They didn't well, make sometimes, the movie. <laughs> sometimes they hit the person in front of them. Sometimes they don't, and makes it to the screen, which I hate. So if you're in the back, yeah, throw it to the side, maybe. <laughs> Please don't throw it at yeah. the people because they're just getting pelted for no reason, right? Like it's not like it's not like a mosh pit where you like you mosh because you, you're okay getting like, uh-huh. slammed around, right? Yeah, there's probably plenty of people who have yeah, no yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do. I, I had to put a disclaimer on the website because when Disaster Artist came around and everybody was like curious about what the room yeah, was, probably read. I had all these new people coming out. And I had to put a disclaimer on, like, what you would experience in a room screening, 
right? And so I was like, you will experience loud yelling, you barely will hear the dialogue, and there will be spoons that may or may not hit you. Uh, And so I literally had to put it on the website because we were getting all these new people and they were complaining about these other people who they felt like were assholes (laughs) and like going out of their way to just ruin their experience. Um, And so it it got to such a crescendo that I did uh, a non-room room screening, which meant I said, hey, this screening is for people who have never seen the room. I like wrote it on my website, and there will be, there will be no funny minutes allowed. Leave your footballs at home. Leave your oh, spoons they bring at home. Too? Oh, yeah, people bring footballs. Oh, that's and amazing. Sort of shit. And no, those at the screen, do they? No, they they okay. like play with them outside and, or they in the theater. For, do a little stupid catch. Yeah. Um, and I and then and then what I had to do is I was so like I just I was so adamant about this militaristic. I, I like stood in the lobby and I checked people's bags as they came in, and I I reminded everybody when they came in that this is a first timer screening, and that they are supposed to shut up and not and just let this film happen and laugh at the awkward scenes. And so I think we got about 80 people out. I only had to take away two boxes of plastic spoons. Um, oh, that's amazing! And and I it was the the most awkward room screening ever. Um, people were coming out. God intended. Yeah. People were coming out and were just so confused at what they had watched. Well, do, do these people showing up, do they, like, they have no idea how most bad? People, or? Most people have seen the film who come to the Midnights, right? Yeah. But during the Disaster Artist is when I had to start warning people, like, the lead up to. Yeah. And then, um, and then while it was running. Because what I had to do, because, um, like, we're one of the few venues in Chicago that, that plays the room. Um, I had to add a bunch of screenings to the room because when the disaster was coming, people wanted to know what the hell it was about. So I had yeah. I added all of these screenings to it, and so I had a bunch of new people coming out. Um, and so that's why I added that one first timer screening um, of the room. And uh, you know, we did that, and yeah, it was just yeah, it was weird. That's too funny. Really I, that's been on my to do. Because I was going to try to go to that before yeah, the disaster same. artist, and I wouldn't have known. I was going to get hit with the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> now we need to know. We even have a wig. Yeah, well, yeah, we do sketch comedy, and, you know, we have a show here, and uh, we tried doing a remake sketch of Tommy Wiseau as if he remade... Different movies. Different movies. <laughs> Titanic. So we have the That's full get-up. Awesome. <laughs> so when we come to the midnight screening, Drew will be in full get-up, yeah. Tommy Wiseau wig, suit. I feel so like awesome. I need to bring him back so you can just hang out with him. Yeah. Just stand right next and to him. And really get his character. <laughs> yeah. um, first, Lisa. first, James Franco did a better job than Dave Franco. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, James, like, really got into the Tommy character. Yeah, I'd say he did a pretty good job. But he, I don't think he was trying to be Tommy through and through. I think he was a little meta. I think he was trying to be an impersonation of Tommy Yeah, in, in the most close you could get to it without fully being Tommy um, but because um, you had but it was really some, good it was had, good I just I would say there. James did a great great job mm-hmm. yeah after having actually met the real Tommy <laughs> yeah I'm so jealous he's like a, a bucket list I wouldn't say celebrity well I'll have to bring him back yeah please. please I will be there you, front all row. three of you can come and I I've can determined that I'm definitely personally. gonna sign up for the newsletter that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> 
this entire big podcast. fucking what? life decisions are being made across the I table. I don't often here. do that. Sign up things for people to email me. <laughs> yeah, you're that's welcome. A, that's a big compliment. You're I'm welcome. gonna walk away feeling so accomplished. Yeah. You got one. You got, you got one, one sign up for the newsletter. Like besides all you lovely podcast listeners, yeah. thank you for for spending time with me. But you, thank you for signing up for my email newsletter. I, I appreciate you, Wait, sir. Gun to your head. Favorite movie of all time ever. Why this is ever been made? I, God. Why not? Can I do multiples? Yes. Okay. Three. Oh, I have three. Okay. Uh, okay. Cinema Paradiso, uh, uh, Velvet Goldmine, and Diva. I don't think I know a single one. I don't either. Explain. Give me. Give yeah. me. Uh, give me Here's the cliff notes. Cinema Paradiso because it is an ode to cinema. It is the love of cinema and what cinema can do in the sense of um, story and, and art. Um, and it. Uh, it's just. It's kind of like uh, the perfect melodrama in a way, and it just it just kills. Um, it just kills me every time I watch it. Um, and so for me, it, it encapsulates why I love movies. Uh, and then Velvet Goldmine, I love um, Todd Haynes, and I love uh, movies with music, and I also love the the riff he did on uh, Citizen Kane because oh, Citizen yeah. Kane is a very important film. But I think you can have fun with it, and I think you can kind of play with it, the way it tells a story. And so he, I think he did that perfectly. And then I also love the music of um, of that time period, of that glam rock of the sort of uh, the English glam rock period. Um, and then Diva, I love because um, uh, French cinema is amazing and de- you des- deserve a lot of odes, but sometimes it can become too pretentious into itself. But Diva is that perfect balance of pretension and style that I think is kind of amazing about like French new, new wave. Um, and this it's just kind of a wild story and it just kind of takes you, you know, in a way that's uh, very entertaining. And uh, it's just those are films that I can watch again and again. Um, and yeah, I just like seeing them. Um, but you know, I mean, I love a lot of movies. You sure. know, like oh, uh, if I had a five, if I had two more for the fi- the top five, a- alien would be on there yeah, because yeah. I love horror movies mm-hmm. and I love what Ridley Scott did with that first alien movie. I mean, I think it changed a lot, it changed the game in a lot of ways. Uh, and then I, you know, I also like noir as we've been talking about. So double indemnity is it's a fantastic noir film and I uh, love that femme fatale and that sort of old Hollywood style. You know what you guys should do? Not to tell you how to do your job. Oh, please. (laughs) I want to hear it because I don't hear it from everybody else. Here's a pitch for you. Just uh, for people who don't know as much about movies, uh, like I'm a movie guy, but I only go so far. I don't know. You know, I didn't know those top three. Um, There should be some sort of, you know, showing of a movie like that and then almost like a class, you know, like. Whether that's you guys or someone else, you know, I'll pitch it around. I'll. I'll it's go funny. I I actually started that in Denver. Oh, you did. So when I was running um, uh, the C Film Center in Denver, I I had a, an education. Sadly, I called it adult education because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell people it was like, hey, it's for you, movie go. It's it's a film education course, but for like, but for adults, yeah. right? Um, and then I brought it down to adult education. But I literally I did that in Denver, and it was a lot of fun. And I and I took a lot. I. I would be at the courses myself because yeah, even if I knew about in. it, I wanted to hear about it from like a scholar yeah. or a professor. 
mm-hmm. um, or like a critic. Um, but yeah, I've always thought about doing that here in, in Chicago um, because I've, I've kind of wondered if, if there would be an appetite for it. Because in Denver, there was an appetite for it, but it wasn't huge. Like, you know, it was like 50 to 75 people that would come up for these classes. And, you know, they were like a very cinephile type type audience and they really appreciated it. this repeat customers every time and not every time because it would like when it when it did the general class mm-hmm. like the, the one filmmaking 101 or film 101 that was like the biggest thing and then when i would do like noir or like you know korean cinema or like you know hitchcock you would kind of get different factions of that film 101 class you know hitchcock is always an easy go-to people love yeah, hitchcock yeah, and, I, yeah. and then there's a lot of reasons to love hitchcock um yeah, I was actually just thinking about how we haven't done a Hitchcock in a while, and maybe they're, we're due for a Hitchcock series. You should do Psycho. Nice. I need to get over that from my childhood. So. <laughs> Did it that fucked you? me up pretty hard really? when I was okay. a kid. All yeah, right. Parents let me watch Psycho when I was about five. Wow. <laughs> Still scared of the dark. So you should run therapy <laughs> sessions, too. If you yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a similar experience. My uh, my older brother was kind of a dick, and he, he forced me to watch uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when I was six. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. rough. That's I watched rough. So, pretty young. It, Ooh, that's yeah. a scary the first one. Day, yeah, the first half that, of that it is very me. scary. Child's Play, you brought that up. That fucked me up a little bit when I was a kid. But now I think I could kick the shit out of a doll. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's I such could a not weird kick premise. the shit out of Anthony Perkins, though. <laughs> such a weird premise. Did you ever see Psycho 2? <laughs> no. That's what uh, the, yes. It's really yes, I, It's underrated. No. I like that one. Oh, that's American yeah, that's the That's in color. Did that make it in color? No, no, not the remake. The, the actual sequel with Anthony Perkins. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't even know that but, was made. Oh, it's they, in they, color. Yeah, yes, I'm sorry. The second I'm one sorry. made it in color. Yes, yes. Yes, I, oh, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Fuck that movie. It's good. <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah a lot of people that, don't know it. It's, it's no, weird. I, I, didn't, I didn't know there was a second one. Yeah, there is. There oh, is yeah. A sequel he with he Anthony gets Perkins. out of the insane asylum or whatever, and he's back to working in the kitchen, and back his mom starts house? leaving him notes. He, yeah, in the hotel. I'm not going to spoil it for don't you. Don't spoil it, but yeah. But yes, it goes back to the same location. Things change, right? Things change. Especially like if no, you Norman, like I don't, I Norman don't finds a shop. new <laughs> Norman finds a new life. Um, but yeah, no. Well, uh, that, sorry, but no, you're right. Film education mom would be fun. Well, it's just you know talking to someone like you who knows so much about. But says that's, that's the thing. I would never teach it. I would I would right. hire on people who are actual scholars. Like I could talk to you about some elements of the movie that would be cool. Maybe we could have a fifteen minute conversation. I would hire people who would have a very detailed fifteen minute conversation, and then allow you to have like a fifty minute Q and A because they would know anything you ask them. Yeah. Right. And I don't. I'm not that person. You know. I've read some books and took some courses and just love cinema. But you know I'm more not, than the average person. But you're not the. But I'm not a scholar. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a historian, and I'm definitely not a film critic. But that's something I love. After a movie's over with, I love I love going to those screenings that have the filmmaker there or whatever. Because then afterwards, I'm always sitting up front row, yeah, raising <laughs> or my you hands. Just Google asking. it afterwards and start trying to figure shit out yeah. yourself. I always have questions. I leave you have questions more questions than you yeah. do, you know, than when you started with, which is a good thing. Yeah, no Q and A's are great, except when every now and then you get somebody who just like. Is like a bad audience member. Uh-huh. It just derails yeah. the Q and A. Yeah, there's like, always someone. Uh, that they, I've literally had experiences. They're the smartest person in the whole room. I had experiences right where the the person was so terrible that the filmmaker was like, "I'm done. That's it." Can't you just tell that person to shut up? <laughs> in the hospitality <laughs> service, hey, I don't up. think you're probably supposed to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, if he's in okay, else, okay. put yourself you. in that situation, would you just straight up say, "Hey, shut hey, up, shut up"? <laughs> but wait, am I the person that directed the movie doing the Q and A? No. <laughs> hey, 
You can what be person would you like to be in this scenario? I don't know. Hey, James Cameron hates you, so would you shut the fuck up, please? If I was James Cameron, I would. Sure. Okay, okay, okay. Lose, well, lose, okay yeah. I just want to play both scenarios. Okay. <laughs> I'm the dickhead <laughs> customer, okay. and you're the moderator, so you're sitting next to James Cameron. Okay. What do you say to me? Could you hold your ple- questions till after the show, please? <laughs> but this is a Q&A, sir. <laughs> we're going to give you a private session. And then just... <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, now let's flip this up. I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm still the, the dickhead customer, yeah. and you're not the moderator. You're James Cameron. What do you say? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you have to say it like James Cameron. <laughs> I don't know. I only, I'm basing off South Park for that one. <laughs> go for it. No. <laughs> We're waiting. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's a great. That's a Thank great. Thank you for that. If I ever get James Cameron to the theater, I'm gonna remember that. Yep. That would be a nice price point for you, James. If I know you're, you're listening, listening to this. He's raising the bar. <laughs> yes. You're welcome to come in the music box anytime, Mr. Cameron. I would love to have you. You yep. can pick your film to show. We'll shoot him a text. And none of us think you sound like that besides him. <laughs> well, took my best gander. Do you have uh, anything else you have going on you want to plug or anything coming up? That you oh, I, I, think, I think I touched on a lot of the things that are going to be really fun. Um, but really, I. Well, what, what about uh, music box th- films? What are oh, you, yeah. So, music box films. Films has oh my god it has my first uh, uh, film that's coming out okay so I'm on the acquisition team of Music Box Films so that means I have to watch a lot of movies you didn't think you you'd heard of some of the movies I talked about oh you yeah definitely yeah. haven't heard of movies <laughs> you're I in the deep watch, end yeah right these are movies that I'm filtering through that maybe will bubble up to interest right and then still have to be seen by the, the owner of the company and the director of acquisition so first time. We have a film that is actually my choice that got its way up through, and it's a, it's a genre film, so it's through our sister label, which is Doppelganger, because Music Box Films is more known for kind of like prestigious art house, and it's Doppelganger, you can show horror and like kind of weird stuff. Um, but there's this new movie called Heavy Trip, and it's going to be released October 5th in Chicago and a few other cities, and then it's going to have, uh, it's going to get on VOD, like iTunes and Amazon, you can rent it and whatnot. <laughs> And it is the best Finnish heavy metal road movie you never knew you needed to see. It is That's very awesome. specific. Uh, even if you don't like heavy metal music, and I might have had a time in my adolescence where I was into heavy metal, uh, black metal too, yeah. uh, this film is just a ton of fun. It skewers its own like base of metal people, like, makes, fun of, makes fun of them, makes fun with them. Uh, and it, it's just like a wild kind of romp of a, of a road movie that um, follows this kind of like a ragtag group of, uh, of of four Finnish guys who have been playing metal music, black metal music, in their basement for 10 years, and they've been friends since uh, elementary school, and they finally get a chance to play a giant metal festival in Norway. And then they go through this series of tragedies and comedy. The chance on it, I know they're going to enjoy it. Um, but the problem is, is, Sadly, and you know, maybe the listeners are going to be on one side of the fence or not. Um, movies with subtitles kind of turn, It'll people, turn away. people away. But if so you know, um, what language is it in? It's in Finnish. Finnish. Well, it's in Finnish, Norwegian, and English because you know they talk to each other in English to Finnish and Norwegians. Um, yeah. But most of the time, you're reading subtitles. And when's that coming um, out? It is coming out October fifth, cool. um, and I'm super excited for it. I really want people to see it because it's my first real foray into this world where I got something through. Because I watch a lot of movies that I'm like, nope, don't 
waste of time. Or every now and then I get a movie and I'm like, I like it, and I try to get it through the channels to get purchased and distributed in, in the country. But this one worked, and I'm super excited about it, and I hope people come out for it because it's really, I promise you, it's a lot of fun. I really, it's, it's a good film. Cool, yeah. One more question. Mm-hmm. Do you speak any other languages? Um, I speak a little French. Uh, but used you, would you speak, watch a French film in subtitles? Yeah, I still okay. would, just okay. because my French is not that strong. Same with my Spanish, because I lived in, in 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 Argentina for a while. Um, still not that strong. You know, I would always have. This, I mean, I put subtitles on when I'm watching an Irish film, just because yeah. the accent <laughs> yeah. is really yeah. damn thick. That's, that's even worse. Um, <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Yeah, you need it sometimes, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm really excited for Heavy Trip, and I hope people see it because it's just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so, yeah. October fifth. You know, October fifth, it's going to get released, but then um, later that month in October, you could find it on VOD or video on demand, like your iTunes, Amazon, wherever you find movies online. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for coming out. We'll have to have you on again. Yo, thanks, guys. Yeah, this absolutely. This is a ton of fun. Hopefully, yeah. I'll see you at the music box. Oh, you absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Well, next, well, next, we're going to have to buy some tickets early so we don't get <laughs> fucked again. <laughs> <laughs> next uh, room showing, you can count on. Yes. Yeah, or you'll sure. just bug me for a free ticket. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, no, true. no. Yeah. We have your email. Just a yeah. just, uh, just meet Tom. For that one, for sure, bug me. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, all right. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thank you.